Do you know the Muffin Man? I do know the Muffin Man. Which Muffin Man? Ooh. The Muffin Man? Listen, the one who lives in Drury Lane? Not my gumdrop button. Best, best, best <laughs> reoccurring gag. <laughs> and welcome back to eight hour chat a weekly discussion where we no longer try to cram eight hours of inappropriate work chat into about an hour we're just chatting now my name is oscar i'm joined as always by my co-host and best bud bean of the season Shame. Uh, <laughs> bean of the season i'm so you, sorry you, listen, you jinxed yourself by saying i wouldn't remember <laughs> that's true and I used said, to do that. You'll never remember. And that, now I'm remembering on sheer spite. Yeah, literally, you're running on spite right now. <laughs> yeah. And pettiness. Sheer spite that you and said pettiness. I would forget. Well, like, how dare you for, think that you know I would forget it's about fine. being in the season? I'm here for petty being in the season, Shan. How art thou? Good. I started working out. Started working out. Yeah, I went yesterday, worked out arms and chest, mm -hmm. so everything up here hurts. Mm -hmm. And then today I worked out my legs, so those all hurt now, too. I'm doing the everything yeah. but the middle of my body hurts. I've been on and off doing, like, little free weights here in my backyard that I got at Target. Nice. So, like, but I only do, like, arms and shoulders and, and back type stuff. I don't yeah. ever, like, hardly do any leg stuff, but... I should probably start doing that. So okay, I was gonna say like we could go to the gym on Saturdays. The gym on Saturdays—that's brutal. It can be, but it tends to be a little less dead. A little less dead? Not less dead. Uh, less people, less busy. Opposite okay. of dead. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, why would I want to go? Why would I want to go when it's? I less was mixing dead. up all my things. Sorry. <clears throat> so. Um. Yeah. Look at all my things. I've made them in a nice, neat, orderly list for you, and then I can just go up to them. What is up with this Muffin Man conspiracy? Okay, how so we, I we found started it. this call. That is that is how we started this call. So you don't have to really watch the TikTok. It was somebody that was like, uh, they had a little tiny little like reply that you can do replies on a TikTok when somebody comments something. You can reply with a with a video. You can actually do that on other people's comments on other people's videos, which is interesting. And I'm not sure a feature I like with that. But anyway, I digress. Somebody commented, uh, the Muffin Man is based on England's first serial killer, the Drury Lane Dicer, who uh, lured kids with muffins. So I went, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me? Excuse me? So then I click, I went and I searched because, yeah, we Google search. And I found the White Hart Bar and Dining, um, which is considered the oldest licensed premise in London. Mm -hmm. And they claim in the 18th century, uh, Drury Lane became one of the worst slums in London, known, notable for its brawls, drunkenness, prostitutes, and gin palaces. Regular customers of the White Hart... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. That's too late. 
I'm sorry, between, I read the wrong paragraph. I don't know how, I didn't have it highlighted. Between 1589 and 1598, Frederick uh, Thomas Linwood, also known as the infamous Muffin Man, was reportedly living on Drury Lane. The story goes that Linwood killed as many as 15 children by luring them into dark alleys with muffin tied on a string. Holy shit. He was also said to have killed seven rival pastry chefs with a sharpened wooden spoon. Also, but... But also, come on, kids! It's a muffin on a string. That he, it was. I, the, it was I assume he's like drag. I assume he was like dragging it along. The yes, but it was also the 1500s. Isn't it a, like that was before the pyramid? The pilgrims landed in on America. Still, come on. Uh, whilst it is accepted that the origins of the Muffin Man story is now. Most likely an urban myth. Who doesn't love a good 16th century, uh, 16th century British horror story? Mm. So it's it's a conspiracy. And if you click on the Londonist one, and I was like urgently because finding us a bunch of people were like, this isn't even true. This is not like they have the sale and whatnot. The song comes from like it was the Muffin Man simply playground nonsense, or is there something more more to it? Nobody's really sure, but all the clues point to its origins on the early 19th century stage. So 16th century is when they're saying that this man supposedly killed, and it wasn't until the 19th century that this the manuscript was. The oldest written record of the nursery rhyme is a manuscript in 1820, or at least that is if you believe every online article uh, account has rewritten Wikipedia. Actually, the song can be readily traced to a year earlier, but that's still 1819. A manuscript uh, in 1819 of high Life High and Low, a curious tome that recounts some of the characters and ballads of the day. It includes a footnote about the dandy muffin man in Drury Lane, and this prints the lyrics as much as they're still sung today. The book tells us something about an anonymous shit, performer. This thing is old as fuck. Like, st- not as old as the actual muffin man, apparently, but still, the song is old if as If he's true, fuck. if he existed... <clears throat> because it's an urban myth. Yeah, if it um, existed. So, like, if we're reading right, as soon as the Muffin Man started out as some kind of trashy stage song, is CD played in CD venues? Because apparently the anonymous performer what? closely associated with the song. He's a migrated coxcomb and a leader of fashion in attic entertainments and at cellar balls at pers- uh, promiscuous clubs and at gallo hops. The Muffin Man? No, the guy who wrote the mu- and performed oh. Muffin Man for the first time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, indeed, people have been singing about Muffin Man for quite some time, and in quite rarefied circles, the comedic song about the trade was a staple of the stage from 1796. It was even performed to the king in 1802. Its lyrics are entirely different to those of the nursery rhyme. Certainly not. Like- Certainly not the king. Uh, it, after 1819, the ditty seems to have caught on in a big way. It became a favorite of children's song and adapted to numerous play parties. It is still a well-known mind 200 years later. I thought I read something about a child catching uh, about child catching a murder. That's the next section of this. Is like the song doesn't have an alternate origin history, often which gets in airing in more credious 
corners of the internet. The Muppet Man, it said, was the nickname of the 16th century child murderer. The ditty was supposed to be written to warn kids away from Drury Lane, where the notorious Muppet Man was sure to lure them to their death with sweet food. Uh, and it, like the Sweeney-esque Todd seems to be a modern invention, but that hasn't stopped numerous websites from spreading it as fact. Mm. So. Not real Muppet Man. There is no credence or evidence or anything that anybody can find that it wasn't just a modern invention that people did. Probably along the same lines as like the creepy pastas, the fact that there are a lot of there's a ton of children's ones uh, of like um, church, church and nursery rhymes that have dark history, like London Bridges. Um, like there's a ton of them so they were like why doesn't this one have one and somebody came up with yo it did it has a creepy one um just to be contrary hmm. so mostly debunked maybe it's true but according to a lot of historians and a lot of different things there's no credence to hold for that and they they haven't been like you know like yeah they hide people hide things in history but they haven't really seemed to do that with with nursery rhymes before like we all know like you can look up and find the evidence of why london bridges is is a horrible nursery song so that is my muffin man wild it was wild I mean, I'm a little upset that there's no. I mean, I mean, I guess not. I guess I'm not upset that there that that that, that there is an evidence of like numerous child murders, but also, yeah. man, I, I thought I, I I thought we were onto something here. I, you know but I mean? it was. I mean, it was still interesting enough as a theory that I wanted to talk about it, like no, no, because everybody who hears about it was like, "Oh, how did I not know about this? We didn't know about it because it's not actually true. It's not actually happening." But I mean, how many? Like, I it was kind of like for me, like the shock of we thought it could be true because we like the London. Bri- what is the other one that's like uh, Ring Around the Rosie? It's like uh-huh. about the Black Plague. I think. Oh, no, it, it's something like that. The, the bubonic plague or something. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah that the, that one is super like fucking morbid and dark. It was like a lot of them are super morbid. Like I could probably right now Google search like morbid like nursery rhymes and get a, just. An absolute ton of them. Like Well. You want him? What is this podcast known for? Let's I think I think Tangent. I think let's get on it. Let's go. Um what did dark, I say? Like dark nursery rhymes? Dark origins of nursery rhymes. Dark the dark origins of eleven classic nursery rhymes. Here we fucking go. So excited. I found the same website and I wonder. Oh, it's mental floss. Of course it's great. Let's go. All right. So in the canon of great horror writing, Stephen King, Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, Bram Stoker, and Mary Shelley tend to dominate the craft, but Mother Goose isn't too far behind. Yes, the fictional grand dame of Kitty Poems has got a big of a dark streak as evidenced by the unexpectedly sinister theories surrounding the origins of these 11 well-known nursery rhymes. We read an article here from Mental Floss. Number one, Baba Black Sheep. Though most scholars agree that Baba Black Sheep is about the great custom, a tax on wool that was introduced in 1275. Uh, Its use of the color black and the word master led some to wonder whether there was a racial message at its center. Its political correctness was called into question yet again in the latter part of the 20th century, with some schools banning it from being repeated in the classrooms and others simply switching out the word black for something that seemed less offensive. In 2011, 
uh, news.com Australia reported on the proliferation of Baba rainbow sheep as an alternative. Yeah, I mean, okay, so these these have the list of the name of the song and their first iterance of it in the 1731 mm-hmm. for this one, which England outlawed slavery before uh, America did and what we didn't start fighting that war, but I don't know how far in advance they did. Like, I don't know when Eng- England ended it. I when was the Civil War? I'm not good with dates. I, Civil War was like late 1800s. I don't fucking know. I want to say like it wasn't that American. long ago. And I'm going to look Civil up when England outlawed sla- slavery while you do that. Uh, it ended April 1865 was the Civil War. In England abolished slavery in 1807. So that very well could have been. It could have been about a slave and a master. Um. I'm not quite sure how I feel about them switching it to rainbow sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're now we're like as rainbow sheep, and now identified and symbolic with gay, and that was only 2011. So like, not far enough back that it could like it's kind of like. Yeah, you can't just swap one for the other. Yeah, we're cool yeah. now, right? Like, like, listen, I'm glad we're not pro prolifying like a racist stereotype. We probably shouldn't move from racist to homophobic. Like, yeah, yeah, we should yeah. probably I don't know maybe like just like. A bra- like I can't think. Like I guess rain- they went with rainbow sheep, so we're gonna be identified. But not blue sheep. Maybe he's sad. Gray, yeah. Maybe he's also sad. Maybe it's just a sad sheep now. Who knows? Poor sad sheep. Baba, right? sad sheep. What about sad sheep? Little sheep. Rainbow Baba, has sheep. honestly too many syllables to be. Re- Black has like one syllable. Yeah. So does rainbow actually fit? No, it does not. Goosey Goosey Gander. What do you hey. do? You know Goosey Goosey Gander? Um, no. Do we want to skip it because we don't know it? Yes. Okay. Jack, Jack and, and Jill, Jill 1765. Admitted, you fooled around with the lyrics to Jack and Jill a bit yourself when you were younger, turning what you thought was an innocent poem into something a little bit naughty. What? Huh? But its what? origins aren't as clean cut as you probably imagined. One of the most common theories surrounding the story's origin is that it's about Francis one. Louis XVI and his wife, Marie Antoinette, who were both found guilty of treason and subsequently beheaded. The only problem is that those events occurred nearly 30 years after Jack and Joe was first written. The more likely possibility is that it's an account of King Charles I's attempts to reform the tax on liquid measures when Parliament, when Parliament rejected his suggestion, he made he instead made sure that the volume was reduced on half and quarter pints, known as Jackson Gills, respectively. Jackson Gills or Jackson? Gills? I think it's Gills with a G. Okay. Um, panic. London Bridge is falling down. In 2006, Fergie got saucy with some of the classic kid uh, kid tune lyrics, but the original song was much better. However, depending on who you ask, London Bridge is Falling Down could be about 1014 biking attack, a child sacrifice, or the normal deterioration of an old bridge. Nice. But the most popular f- theory seems to be the first one. More specifically, the alleged destruction of the London Bridge at the hands of Olaf II of Norway sometime after the early 1000s. Alleged because some historians don't believe that attack ever took place. Oh shit, what? Um, the song's popularity around the world is often cited as further proof that it was the Vikings who created it, believing that they brought the tune to many places as they traveled. Oh, and that whole kid sacrifice thing? That's an idea that is off 
also often debated. There's no archaeological evidence to support it, but the theory goes that, yeah, in order to keep the London bridges Bridge upright, its builders believe that they must be built on the foundation of human sacrifice. Oh, boy. And that those same humans, mostly children, would help to watch over the bridge and maintain its sturdiness, which we're pretty sure isn't a practice they teach you in architecture school. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. Why would they not? Why would they think that they would protect it? Yeah, like, like I, I, why would they not be, think that they would hate it? they as fuck and, like, try to bring that thing down. Yeah, I don't know why they would think that it would, that would be protecting it. Do you know Mary Mary quite contrary? Yes, I do. Do you know? I do not, no. Would you like, uh, would you like a little rendition? Yes, please. It's Mary Mary quite contrary, uh, dressed in black, blue? I know the how to do it, but is I just dress, don't know is, how is to do it. Is the dress blue or is the dress white and gold? Am I Mary, right? No, I'm completely wrong. Um, <laughs> Mary, Mary, quite quintary. How does your gardens grow with silver bells and cockle shells and ma- um, pretty maids in a row? Huh. Never in my life heard that. Yeah. That one I've heard. It's one way to describe a murderous psychopath, apparently. This popular English nursery <laughs> grime, which reads like a solicitation for gardening advice, is actually a recounting of the homicidal nature of Queen Mary I of England, a.k.a. Bloody Mary. Yep. A fierce believer in Catholicism, her reign as queen from 1553 to 1558 was marked by the execution of hundreds of Protestants. Silver bells and cockle shells are torture devices, not garden Oh, that shit. was that was like That's super bloody. Sure. That was like super. So during the time, so uh, I don't know if they still believe it, but at the time, Catholics believed that as you took communion, um, that as you drank the juice and you ate the cracker or ate the bread, because they, I think they use a lot of times actual bread, it transformed while you were swallowing it into the actual flesh and blood. Oh, boy, Like, it actually, like, changed into Jesus's flesh and blood, like, inside your body. So you were actually partaking as part of the body of Christ because of, like, the whole communion thing is that, like, you're so... But it's symbolic. It's symbolic that you're taking the blood and the, like, body of Christ that he's providing for you, like, his sacrifice for you kind of thing. Uh-huh. And Protestants believed it was symbolic. And... They had like a massive like a, like that and a couple other like littler like differences like saints and things like that. Um, Protestants and Catholics were having it out, and the Protestant, the first Protestant she killed was actually on the throne. Oh shit! Um, it was Mary's brother had passed had signed it over to like their cousin, um, and then Mary like there was like an unsupped and like gone in and like got her off the throne and Mary she was one of the first people Mary killed and she's called Bloody Mary because she just killed thousands like hundreds of people, like, so many Protestants yeah wild and yep. she has a whole ass second song because three blind mice is supposedly yet another ode to Bloody Mary's reign with the trio in question believed to be a group of Protestant bishops Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Radley and the Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cranmer, who unsuccessfully conspired to overthrow the Queen and were burned at the stake for their heresy. Critics suggest that the blindness in the title refers to their religious beliefs. Yes, that guy's name sent me into a full British accent. 
Jeez. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Shan. You can't, you can't, you can't just say it. You know what I mean? This, by the way, Queen Mary was the older sister of uh, Queen Elizabeth the First. Okay. So to put that in the timeline for you. Mm-hmm. So. And do the was, next one. Yeah, the here we here we go around the mulberry bush. Do you know that one? Are we skipping any mini money mo? I can do any mini money mo. I just accidentally skipped it. There's nothing per- that one does not have a date. Oh it's wow! The first one without a date. There is nothing particularly inflammatory about the lines "eeny meeny miny mo catch a tiger by his toe," but there is when you consider the word "tiger" is a real relatively new developed a development in this counting right as oh, a for the N word. No! no. What? <clears throat> I can never use that again. Seriously. Oh. Okay. Even with the lyrical switch out, refer- any references to the poem still has the ability to offend. In 2004, two passengers sued Southwest Airlines for intentional infliction of emotional distress and negligent inflection of emotional distress following an incident where the flight attendant used the rhyme in a humorous fashion during takeoff, which she told um, passengers, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, please sit down, it's time to go, and the court sided with the airline. Oof. Listen, I do agree that now that I know it, I'm not going to use it because I know mm-hmm. and I don't want to intentionally cause any emotional distress and I'm going to find a new way to count off. I don't I don't I don't want to say anything in this because I wasn't the one getting I don't know. Maybe she did know and she like was directly making eye contact with them and she wasn't trying to make a joke. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't who knows, there. But so yeah, rougheroni. Rufferoni, I have to find a new way, a new replacement for that. I, I do not know. Here we go around the mulberry bush. Here we go around the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush. Here we go around what? the mulberry bush. Yeah. That's the wheels on the bus go round and round. Mm. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round. I think it's the same. Mm. Here, wait, here's a YouTube video. Let me play it. This is very loud. Yeah, it's the same tune. Oh, wild. <laughs> the mulberry is the early in the morning. Yeah, it's the exact same tune. Trip out. Yeah. I was like, I think it's that. I was like, uh, as often sung as part of a children's game, according to the historian R.S. Uh, Declain, a uh, former governor of the England's Wakefield prison, the song originated with that 400, 400, 120-year-old institution's female prisoners who were exercised around the mulberry bush. What the fuck? All right, Uh, which is probably not the connotation your six-year-old self had in mind. But yeah, it follows the same tune as as the wheels on the bus. Because then, like, the next line is like, this is the way we jump out of bed. So, like, here we go around the mulberry bush. Um, This is the way we wash our face. Then back to the mulberry bush. Um, uh, this is the way we brush our teeth, or we comb our hair, we put on our clothes, so they would get out of bed and get fully dressed, and then they would go around the mulberry bush for exercise. Oh my god. First, All I right. Thought, I thought it said exercised at first. Oh, no. And I was Ex- just like, exercise. what the hell, exorcism? Uh, Who takes you around the tree? 
Rockabye Baby, 1765. One interpretation of this famous lullaby is that it is about the son of King James II of England and Mary of Medina. It is widely believed that the boy was not their son at all, but a child who was brought into the birthing room and passed off as their own in order to ensure a Roman Catholic heir to the throne. What? Why? Whoa! That's like a fucking turn. What are the weirdest Rockabye baby that we're implying that Salon? Uh, we got 10 minutes left on this call, but we can round out the last two in that time, I'm pretty sure. Yes, we can. Let's go. No, number 10, the one that started this tangent, Ring Around the Rosie. Yep. Considering that some of today's classic nursery rhymes are more than two centuries old, there are often several theories surrounding their origins, and not a lot of soundproof about which argument is correct. But of all the alleged nursery rhyme backstories, Ring Around the Rosie is probably the most infamous. Though its lyrics and even its title have gone through some changes over the years, the most popular contention is that the sing-songy verse refers to the 1665 Great Plague of London. Mm. The Rosie is the rash that covered the afflicted, the smell from which they attempted to cover up with a pocket full of posies. The plague killed nearly 15% of the country's population, which makes the final verse, ashes, ashes, we all fall down, rather self-explanatory. Snopes, however, labels this reading false and quotes folklorist Philip Hiscock with a more likely suggestion that the nursery rhyme probably has its origins in the religious ban on dancing among the many Protestants in the 19th century in Britain, as well as here in North America. Hmm. Uh, adolescents found a way around the dancing ban, what was called in the United States, the play party. Play parties consisted of ring games, which differed from square dances only in their name and their lack of musical accompaniment. They were hugely popular, and younger children got into the act, too. Okay, but that doesn't still mean that the song was not written about the plague yeah. by those kids. 100%. Oh, God. I love I love people from, like, religious, play, like, religious trauma. Just, like, how do we get around this? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Old Mother Hubbard from 1805. To many, Old Mother Hubbard's not a mother at all, nor a woman. The poem is speculated to ha have been written as a mockery of Cardinal Thomas Wolsey, whose refusal to grant an annulment to King Henry VIII so he could marry Anne Boleyn led to his political downfall. Uh, King Henry VIII is the one who famously had hundreds of wives. Um, and because he wouldn't uh, grant an annulment to King Henry VIII to get married. Um, he had to create his own church to get married in. Um, so that then he wasn't part of the Church of England because you once you're divorced, you can't get married in the Church of England. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, the musical six. Have you heard of the musical six? Uh, no, I have not heard of the okay. musical six. It's like a rock style musical that's about the six wives of Ken Henry VIII. Okay. Um, it's actually pretty cool. They've got like spiky, cool, uh, like aesthetically pleasing um, costumes. And that's one of the new ones I want to see. It looks pretty fucking funny. Oh, all right. And that does it for our segment on nursery rhymes that we pulled out of nowhere for y'all. Thanks for coming along on Thanks our adventure, for, yeah, everybody. On our ride. Um, welcome back. Hello, I'm making the Skype call next week. We can't keep doing this. This is very frustrating. I know. 
It ruins our flow. <laughs> it does. Tell me about hues and cues or whatever it's called. Oh, okay. This is the bane of your existence. Okay, beautiful. Uh, I, did you see the photo for it? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the like cover of the book of the game just looks horrible. Yeah. So I really want to play this game. I'm going to have to find somebody else to play with. Uh -huh. So you have a giant board just filled with hundreds of different colors and shades. Mm-hmm. And the object of the game is to get somebody to guess the color that you're saying. Oh, get the literal fuck out of here. That's what I said. It's the bane of your existence, but I really want to play it. So I have to find somebody to play with me. Um, yeah, they like said their things. So they like say something that's like kind of like the car, the color. Like there's not a name on it. They like have it and it tells them where on the board it is. Um, and then they like with looking at the color of the little card are like sage like kind of thing um are you honestly apart from the fact that it's colors that sounds super fucking confusing if i'm being real it does but that's like i think to be it is like so you see because like maybe like because like there's some people who know a lot of color names and can like suggest like throw out a color be like indigo and in their head it's like a really really dark blue that's almost kind of like purpley but somebody else for indigo is like blue blue and it's kind of like from there then there's colors like chartreuse which doesn't sound like i always feel like chartreuse shouldn't be a green but it is i don't know man. so you'll get people like all the way on the other end of it mm -hmm. and it just I like confusing games, though. We know this about me. Yeah, it sounds super weird to me, honestly. Like, but weird. But I just own. wanted to, like, hey, if anybody suggests to you that you have to play hues and cues, you should not. Yeah, I should run screaming. You should run screaming. Uh, gosh. This, this next one has a particular spot in my heart. Yeah. Because I, I did you did like did you find this on your own or did I send you stuff from them? You didn't send me stuff from them, oh, and it I, didn't even like suggest based off of your likes or your shares I or like retweets. Spam Kel all day with this with this. Oh my, okay, account. I just picked my three favorite that I like could immediately see, but it, then when I went it. to follow him, it was like your friend Knifewife follows him, and I'm like, how have you not shared this with me? How have I, you I not? Th I, I literally thought I had been, but this we're talking about. A Twitter account that, you, that if you have a Twitter, do yourself a favor and go follow them instantly. It's called Shirts That Go Hard. Shirts That Go Hard. They go hard. And these shirts go fucking hard. Prime example being like the one Shan put in here. It's a, like a guy smiling with two thumbs up and the t-shirt he's wearing is a picture of his own open mouth and pearly white teeth. And it says Dr. Levi Schaefer's Mouth of the Month Award. And it says his name and the date. He just and got this too. Yeah, it's this the July up. 2022 yeah. one. Like this is very recent. Very, very I recent. I love this. He is the current. He is the current mouth of the month. And it like has his name and everything on it. The the lady in the purple shirt, I don't know if you know this reference. I told my mom about this shirt and she couldn't stop laughing. So the shirt is purple. It says some of y'all don't know what happened to Earl and it shows. So early 2000s, the Dixie Chiefs re released this song called Goodbye Earl. And it was about two best friends that one moved away and the other one stayed home. And she got married to a guy named Earl who was 
trigger warning he was domestically violent to her like he was abusive uh-huh. best friend came home they killed earl and buried him Jeez. <laughs> they said screw you we're like you're like and buried him and then planted like a garden like for food above where he is and then would like sell the food on the roadside stand like, all he was right good fertilizer so I, I, my mom told my mom that show, oh, that shirt, and she was laughing so hard about it because she introduced me to that song. I got here on my end. I got sorry I missed church. I was busy practicing witchcraft and becoming a lesbian. I love this sweater so much. These are so great. Oh my god, you need to see this one. It it, it literally has like Harry Potter from the cover of the video games oh. over the state of Ohio. And it just says Harry Potter hates Ohio. Harry Potter does hate Ohio. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's the like image from the very first like one too. Oh this, this one's gross. It's the Toys R Us logo, but it says Clit R Us. Oh. oh, and then the one that started it off for me, my favorite one. Here you go. Give me. Give me. It has a cool ass fucking dog with shades on, and it says, We are all dogs in God's hot car. Oh my God. <laughs> these are so great, though. I love these shirts so much. Oh, it's, 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 thing, it's things like these that make me wish this was a video podcast so we could like put these up on the screen so you could see them yeah, but you're but, just gonna but, and the thing is like if you open the twitter for shirts go hard they're all in completely different order yep you, see, like, you literally just like i said do yourself a favor go follow them and then just scroll for a bit because yes it, it, it's a literal gold mine it's beautiful um for okay so we've got four more things I think we should pick two of them. Okay. High school best years is probably going to be a um, a conversation. Subway horror story is long, but really were like really fun. Um, the then like the Cold Stone Nintendo or the Pixel Seven Pro. You know um, what? Let's do this fucking Subway horror story. That okay. I, I I've been getting a, I've been sending you a lot of creepy stuff on TikTok. Yeah, can we that, stop that, that? that? That's the less. That's the that's. That's the, like, uh, realm of TikTok I somehow ended up on. Yeah, I know. You keep sending it to me, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to have nightmares. Let's not. Okay, I'm going to open it on my phone, only because opening it up on my computer, it's a very long thread, and I'm worried that it'll do that thing where it's like, hey, um, you have to sign in, and I'm not signed in on my computer to my Twitter. Okay. <clears throat> While I worked at Subway, this is by Garlic, um, is her username, is their username, and it's at PD underscore and underscore Garlic. While working at Subway in my early 20s, I made many questionable sandwiches, but there's one I will never forget. I think about this sandwich at least once a week. It haunts my nightmares, and I sincerely worry about the person who ordered it, and then it has a little thread emoji. Um... This early dinner time shift, 5 to 6 p.m., there were three of us working in the line, all 20-somethings, because at the time, all the big adults had quit or been fired. Our store was run by kids for a month. Um, a group of high school-age student kids came in. I served the second girl in the group. She wanted a foot long on white bread. Cool. 
double provolone and double American cheese. I can respect that. Does she want it toasted? No. Veggies? No. Sauce? Yes. Ranch, please. Now, I'm not denying people who have taste buds of a toddler in the privilege of watching your sandwich come together before your eyes behind a curved plane of glass, a pane of glass covered with the fingerprints and sneezes of those came before uh, them. They uh. deserve Subway, too. However, this girl wanted ranch dressing, so I put two lines of ranch on her sandwich. More, please. I put two more mm. lines of ranch on her sandwich. More, please. I put another two lines. Her, visibly annoyed. More than that. I'm beginning to become concerned. So at this point, six lines of ranch on this girl's sandwich. Oh, shit. I add more. At this point, the cheese, the only other thing on the bread, is nearly obscured. She's irritated now. Just keep going. I stare at her, refillable squeeze bottle in hand. You want more than this? Her, yeah, I'll tell you when to stop. What the fuck? I continue. I am in disbelief. Who is this fucking ranch monster? After a few more passes with the bottle, the dressing is beginning to run off the sides of the bread. I look up at her. She does this motion, and it's a gif of uh, Nick from uh, from uh, New Girl uh -huh. going like a like a continuing hand like, uh-huh, like, more, keep going, kind of thing. My soul exits my body as I continue to squirt ranch onto her sandwich, which is in quotes. It is more of an open-faced soup at this point. I look up at her, expecting her to tell me to stop. She doesn't. She wants more. Her friends are looking over, like, and it's like a, like a, but she, she's telling you what to do, face. Like, it's from Keenan Thomas. Uh -huh. I can't explain this face better. It's like a, come on. Yeah, All right. Telling you. That's what she said, yeah. I feel like that waiter in the cartoons who is never told when as he grates fresh parmesan onto somebody's pasta. Me. The That's actually me. I'm guilty of that one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, is it because you forget? No, I just love fucking cheese, bro. That's fair. Uh, you should go to the place where they um, they... They take the hot pasta and they put it in the cheese wheel and they oh, like it's in LA. Cal, do you know where it is? The place where they put like the pasta in just a wheel. And they and just there are a lot of places apparently. There, yeah, let's go. Okay, because I really she, actually want to eat Sha that too. Shan wants to try a, a cheese wheel pasta. Cal says, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um so the plate is just a mound of grated cheese. The table is covered in cheese, the room fills with cheese, but my room is filled with ranch dressing. Ugh. Dear reader, I ran out. And she says, do you have another bottle? People with normal human-style no. sandwiches are passing her in line. She did fucking <laughs> Her friends not. are already paying or sitting down. I don't look at her anymore. I look at my manager standing beside me. He shrugs. We are broken people. I guess use the other bottle. I must have satis eventually satisfied her demands for ranch dressing. I weakly asked if she would like any salt or pepper. No. I don't know what how I wrapped that thing. I must have blacked out. I just remember how wet it was. She paid for that monstrosity and then sat down with her friends, seemingly without incident. I don't know how. 
And she sit there and fucking. I will never understand how. I think if I think about it too long, my mind will collapse in on itself, imagining that eldritch horror horror of the worst sandwich I ever made. I forgot to add, she did this without a trace of irony on her face. She didn't crack a smile. She didn't laugh. Like, I know this seems crazy. She was stone-faced dead serious and that's where like seriously like i i it stopped being funny to me is because the whole time i was expecting the sandwich to have to be like somehow wrapped to go and it was all some sort of fucking bit no, gag she, sat down. she fucking sat there and ate it with her human mouth Why didn't she just ask for like yeah. a cup of ranch to even, dip her sandwich even, into? Even Draco is fucking mad at that. Like, I just can't. I can't. I cannot. I don't know how she ate this. It doesn't make sense to me. I like don't understand. And as somebody whose sister until very recently worked at Subway, I like, I'm just like this poor woman. Like, cause I've seen people get annoyed about the stupidest of things. Like cucumbers not being the right shape. I'm like, they're cucumber. They eat them. You don't see them. They're in a sandwich. They're not have, on top of your sandwich have you or heard, a salad. Have, have you heard of imperfect foods or whatever? Yes, I have. I think that's pretty cool. Hmm. They do uh, imperfect foods, but I did see some a somebody who like does the his study in the history of like of agriculture, um, uh, say that usually the imperfect foods aren't thrown away. They're um, they're like they're the canned food. Mm-hmm. They're the stuff that they put in the cans, so they still get eaten. Oh, okay. Um, and then I did in high school with this place that was like second harvest, and they would let people volunteer to come in and harvest, and they would donate the fresh produce and everything, and like wherever or fruit or whatever, um, to um, food banks that people could go in and get like fresh food from. That's a, that, that's dope. Yeah. So I don't mind for imperfect foods, but I'm also like glad to know that for years there have been those things out, like, you know, like the fact that those get recycled into canned food. And there are places like Second Harvest that because they're able to take those foods to food banks for people to use. Yeah. So, but yeah, awesome. that is the Subway Horror Story. <laughs> Thank you. And I hate ranch. Also, Thank you, but I, also no thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you, but I also, no thank you. And I, and I hate you for that a little bit. But that's going to do it for us I here mean, on the with, podcast. With you sending me these, you don't want to do the Pixel Pro real quick? Okay, sure. What's going on with the Pixel Pro? Um, somebody ordered bought a slightly used Pixel 6 Pro on Facebook Marketplace in the States about two months ago. The phone finally came in last month, and it looked weird. And they thought it was some tiptoeing foul a move, like somebody like sent them a phone that wasn't real. But as it turned out, the shipper accidentally shipped out an unreleased Pixel Seven Pro. Oh shit! And like they let the and like yeah, like they let him activate it with service so, and everything. Yeah, they couldn't believe their eyes. The phone gets released in our hands right here in Ar- Arca. Uh, the camera on the device was amazing, but the phone was short-lived. Uh, last week, Google sent a remote wipe command and cleared oh, the Android 13 oh. off of it. Now it's stuck as a bootlegger. 
Fuck you, Google. Hey, that's why like phone new phones nowadays suck. Like if you're not paying for them, they can just remote wipe them. It's like it's not point to like steal an iPhone anymore because they'll just remote wipe them. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, they accidentally got shipped to Google Pro Seven. Uh, that happened to someone. Uh, I think a couple years ago when the new consoles came out, someone sent their Xbox in for repair. And they and they sent them the new like the, the new unreleased Xbox in return, That's on accident. But yeah, stuff like that happens sometimes. It just sucks that they remote they remote wiped it or whatever. But, but he said that he bought it. This is like the one that I cannot figure out how he got it because it was on the Facebook Marketplace. So how did whoever got it get the Seven Pro? Yeah, I don't know. What? Funky, funky. Funky, funky. Yeah, that's pretty much going to do it for us this week on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at Knife Life Fosk, Knife Life OSC. Check out my other podcast, Pod Boys Advance. Comes out every Sunday on my YouTube channel, Knife Life Media, or everywhere that you can find this one as an audio podcast. Uh, if you want to find good old Shan on the internet, you can find me on TikTok at Adventure Lady. You can find me on Twitter at Lady Shan Rock, and you can find me on Instagram at adventure underscore lady28. Um, you apparently can find me walking around. Um, apparently, I'm being out in the world more, so that's fun. Um, but, like, yeah, Sounds it's a blast. Oh, yeah, follow my TikTok too, Knife Life Osk. I, I have a bunch of Pokemon card openings coming soon. I so. saw. So, yeah, I Check saw. Oh, I All finally right. watched Multiverse of Madness. Oh, I still haven't seen that, so oof. Yeah, until next time, my name is Oscar. My name is Shan. This has been an hour chat. And you can still take antlers on a plane. Unfortunately. Bye. (laughs) Bye.